0: Engaging your Board of Directors for Fundraising during and after a worldwide pandemic. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakovich. This is the first day from the Fundraising School, and I'm joined today by my colleague Gatsby Brown. Gatsby leads a national fundraising consulting firm, and she is a longtime, highly cherished, very popular member of our faculty at the Fundraising School. And Gatsby, great to have you back with us on the Fundraising School podcast.
1: Great to be here, Bill. And you know this topic is so close to my heart.
0: And you have so much expertise in fundraising, including on this uh, area of board engagement. How should the board always be engaged in fundraising? And what advice do you have for fundraisers uh, as they want their board to be even more fully engaged because of the worldwide pandemic?
1: Well, of course, the board is the lifeblood of a nonprofit organization. And second to the mission, it is Secondly, important. And so when you look at what the board brings and how it should be structured, that is a part of what we look at. And in looking at that, we want to make sure that uh, the nominating committee or the governance committee is not just looking at replacing board members at the time somebody rolls off or they have had to leave but that this is an ongoing process of identifying those individuals, men and women of influence and affluence that can serve on the board. And I believe that the development director or person should be involved in that process. Many times it is just a very closed uh, segment of the, the organization that gets involved. But the development person should be involved in that selection and making recommendations and identifying people. And in fact, Bill, There's an eight step life cycle, if you will, to uh, looking at how a board should be structured and how you get them to a point of being at their excellence and at their utmost uh, ability to serve the organization. So one identification. Who is it that you want on the board? There should be a matrix that gives you an idea of how many people are on the board, what their skills are and what skills are needed. So identification, then qualifying those people that uh, have been identified uh, based on just as we would in a major gifts situation where we would look at uh, their wealth quotient and other things to get a sense of other boards that they've served on. And if there is a good match, then after looking at that, that whole qualifying thing, we need to look at how are we going to begin to get this person interested enough in us to uh, serve? Because it's not a given just because you've identified them that they want to be on the board, right, Bill? And at the same time, it's very important to make sure that the match is right. Strategizing, who's the best person to begin to have conversations with this person? Uh, How are we going to reach them? What is it that we're going to tell them and what is it that we want from them? Then after the strategizing, then you recruit. You actively recruit that person and uh, hopefully get them on board. And after they have uh, expressed their interest and the interest is mutual, then you go into selection. It doesn't stop there. That's just probably the fourth step. Then the onboarding is so important. Uh, I've seen where onboarding has just been limited in some organizations, and as a result, there's buyer's remorse at the end of the day because uh, the board member does not feel that they are adequately uh, prepared to serve. Onboarding, the strategic plan should be shared, the organizational chart. Uh, If there are videos that can explain and get the person excited, use that and then uh, assign them. To a subcommittee. There should be subcommittees on every board, uh, and in every board situation, uh, make an assignment where they either volunteer or you can say, we would love for you, based on your expertise, to serve on X committee. And then finally assessing them. This is all part of the recruitment process. Making an assessment at after a year, a self-assessment, and also Uh, governance uh, uh, committee assessment of that person and that way the cycle the life cycle is very healthy for the recruitment process
0: so as folks can hear this is very intentional we're not just identifying somebody who's 18 years old or older the only legal requirement for serving on a board and just filling an empty seat as gatsby's described here this is a very intentional very purposeful process that we follow Uh, That, you know, just as we need to be uh, unapologetic about fundraising, we need to be unapologetic about board development and be very intentional. And of course, there are those expectations of serving on a board. People understand, you know, duty of care and duty of loyalty and duty of obedience. I, I kind of like monitoring, which talks about the internal responsibilities and boundary spanning, the external responsibilities and compliance, making sure we're staying legal and of course, GASB, we know that board members are supposed to be the first donors. We should have 100% board giving, and then our first fundraisers, providing prospect lists, fitting in with all of those other board responsibilities. How is that similar or different than during a pandemic or an economic downturn, as we think about our board members as donors and as fundraisers for the organization?
1: Well, it intensifies, of course, during a, a crisis situation, which the pandemic has been for us. And uh, in crisis, you think a little bit differently. I want to go back a little bit, though, Bill, to uh, getting to retention before we get to the ask. I'm about the three R's. The three R's are recruit, retain, and request. So I talked about recruitment. Now let's talk about retention a little bit. And that is very important, too, because the way you retain a board member after they're on board is very, very important, as we know. So thanking them, doing the assessment once again, self-assessment and the governance committee assessment, involving them, continuing to involve them and not letting their involvement get stale just because they've always served on the governance committee, but maybe it's time to think about serving on the development committee uh, and making sure that that involvement is refreshed. And then retreating. So many organizations avoid board retreats. I don't know why, because they can be so exceptionally productive. I served on a board of an organization and the retreats were so well executed that we've had a sense that we were all rowing on that same boat, but bringing different skills to it. So we would have dinner the night before, and then the next day we're really taking care of business. And uh, then the following day was a day and a half. We would then uh, wrap up with the strategic parts of what we needed to do. And in fact, that same board won the National Board of Excellence Award uh, just this year, just because of its uh, the way it has brought the board together in some unique ways. So that retreat is very important. And then renewing, again, getting them refreshed on uh, what the organization is all about. Uh, the mission could have shifted a little bit from the time that they began to The next time that they were looking at this and then continued involvement of course reinforcing term limits if term limits are not executed and not implemented it gives an unwieldy feel to the board and that's how you don't get to good fundraising if you are unwieldy at the point of not uh, implementing term limits then you're going to have a kind of wobbly uh, way of looking at how fundraising should be conducted. And then of course, if it is the term limit that is up or a board member has to leave, an exit interview is very, very important. So there's another eight steps with uh, this whole retention. Now we'll get to the request. And the request for the board member uh, should be through an engagement plan. I see engagement plans as very, very effective to uh, look at what is expected of that board member For some organizations, how many tables you're gonna buy for the the annual gala or the luncheon, or whatever that special event is, but it is also an annual giving commitment. And uh, I've used something called a high transparency, uh, self-government, self-governing grid that board members use to just self-assess how they're doing on their fundraising. And uh, fundraising can mean many things. It can mean thanking people, it certainly means using their network to make sure other people know about their passion for the organization, and asking so that there is a vibrant, uh, uh, vibrant prospect list. And so, um, uh, so many roles in the in the fundraising cycle can be used for board members.
0: So recruitment, retention, and request. And then, Gatsby, when we have this pandemic, or maybe any other economic slowdown that might occur, what other advice do you have for fundraisers? So, for example you know, a lot of nonprofits struggle to even get to 100% board giving. My own research shows that it's fewer than half of nonprofits that, that have that uh, condition uh, in their organizations. Can they ask for a second gift? Can they ask for a return to prospects? Anything else that they need to be doing, especially because of the pandemic and an economic downturn, as they think about their board members as donors and as fundraisers for the nonprofit?
1: This is such an excellent time for another three hours, Bill, and that is to reflect reimagine and recalibrate where necessary. You know, if when you serve on a board, things are going at warp speed and many times, uh, the nonprofit is moving towards getting its mission accomplished and fulfilling all that it needs to do. And we don't have time to just sit and think about where the organization is and what it should do. Well, the pandemic offered an opportunity for that, for reflection. What have we done well? What needs some improvement? And how can we move forward with this reflection? And then the reimagining. This is the time to be creative. Reimagine what the organization could look like, and don't have any kind of barriers to that reimagining. And uh, the surprise can come with some great ideas and innovations that can take the organization further than it ever thought it could be during, a camp, uh, during the pandemic. And so, um, and then of course the uh, the last part of this. Is to uh, recalibrate where necessary. You're reflecting, you're reimagining. So where do you need to recalibrate? And those these kinds of strategies are very very sound.
0: And as you can hear from Gatsby, there are many practical steps that we can take with our boards overall at any time, including then trying to contextualize those to the pandemic and other economic downturns. And that reimagining can include how the board is involved. Uh, individually as donors and as fundraisers for our organization. Remember, at the end of the day, your board of directors has the legal authority over your nonprofit organization. Uh, and in addition to caring deeply about the mission and the impact of your nonprofit, if the folks with legal authority aren't donating, why should anybody else? And that helps us in our fundraising case for support when we're able to say we have 100% we giving, including maybe go to the board for that second gift as we go back to some of our annual fund donors for a second gift to help us through the pandemic in our annual fund. Now, the fundraising school has a course designed specifically for board engagement with fundraising. We offer that online in a virtual live format. Uh, Also, when health conditions allow, we teach that course in person. Uh, The content is research-based from many resources, including the resources that Gazby's described from her own consulting work across the United States. The information about that course and all of our other courses in person and online is available on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. You'll learn about our custom training, our free podcasts, our quarterly webinars, as well as our crisis response scholarship that could reduce the cost of registration by as much as 50%. With Gatsby Brown, I'm Bill Stanjoukiewicz, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the fundraising school.